0: So I just want to welcome everyone to the Tara Santos podcast. And we have Joy Adkins with MI Homes today, which I've been super excited to get Joy on the podcast. Anyways, Joy, so you just asked me about my weekend with Grant Cardone. Yeah. Um, It was super cool. I have never seen a sales organization or marketing like organization that is so almost militant, but just in the way that they do business. You work for a big company, MI. I used to work for MI. So we've seen big companies that are nationwide. The culture and the branding at this company is, I've never seen anything like it. It was something to strive for. If I was a CEO of any company, I would go pay money to just take a tour of their headquarters. That's how cool it was.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and like, how awesome are you for finding time to go? That's one of the biggest thing I admire about you is that you have all these things you're juggling in the air and you like make things happen. Or right. I struggle with that. So good for you.
0: But it's like having kids, right? If you wait till you're ready, you're never gonna
1: have kids. I, yeah. know,
0: I know. It's like you just have to do it. Like you just have to, like, I'm clearing my schedule and I'm going. But yeah, I was getting a million emails and texts
1: and yeah. you know all that. And kids were calling you. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: So right. it, I, I get it. It's like that. All right. So I want to dive right in with everyone else. I have done some intro questions, and but that's not what I want to do. So okay. I want to talk about what makes joy. So successful. What do you think your secret sauce is? If you're talking to new builder rep, yeah, or somebody new to the industry, and don't be humble either. Like, why do you think that you have been successful in your career? This is like a no humble zone. I actually want you to be like you're. I'm cheerleading for you, and I want you to be a cheerleader. What
1: is it? So I think my answer will be humble, but it's honest. And I think when we do get new hires, I do a lot of training and mentoring and they all want to come in and be like, I'm going to see what she does because I'm going to do it. It's going to be this like little secret. And I think they're disappointed when they meet me because I'm just not that great. I think that I just work And work and I'm honest and I work hard and I work all the time, just like you do. And I think people can be in our industry and make a really great living and not work that hard. But if you want to elevate and be at the top of your builder, or the top of your game, the top of the industry, the top of the city, the state, whatever your goal is, mm-hmm. it's just you just don't stop. And like we were just saying, with you going to Grant Cardone, it's hard to find a work-life balance. Yeah. Um, but we do it. Right. And maybe the market won't be like this forever. So you just jump on the wave and ride it. So I think. Connections are what helps me. Like I have a lot of friends in the industry that bring me business all the time. So regardless of what side of town I get put on, and if it's a community that's not always the hottest community and struggle, I usually come out on top somehow because we can cross sell just like you can. Yeah. And I'm always getting supplemental sales and deals from friends in the industry and they literally do become your friends, right? Yeah. First couple transactions, it's super transactional and formal, but then you're like, Hey Tara, how are the kids? How do they feel about you going yeah. to and it's it's so yeah? it's a relationship. Yeah, it's a really relationship. Genuine. So yeah, I think and it's all a numbers game, right? If a normal person gets ten appointments in a week, I might take sixty appointments in a week, and my my conversion rate maybe not might not be as good as everyone else's, but I took so many appointments and so many leads that I can flip them over.
0: Okay, so that that's I want to touch good. on a, No, that is actually the truth, and that's what people I think don't want to know is an. This is so funny because in the training I was doing, Grant hits these things home. And meanwhile, he's like a billionaire. I know people like he's got a social media persona, but he is actually a businessman. And that's what he talks about. And that's what I think any successful person, when you break it down, it's numbers. So you're like, how many leads, how many calls, how many appointments are you doing? we all convert. Yes. If you're just the super top of your game, you've got tons of experience. You're probably going to convert slightly better than somebody new. Yeah. yeah. But like, let's say it's 20 to 30% is conversion, right? Something somewhere in there, I think is about average. It's a numbers game. And I don't think that people take the time to actually
1: do the numbers, like to work. Figure out that the out. They think everything, oh, all this is going to be the best one. It's going to come in. And the realtor told me that they are amazing and they're ready to buy, but I can't count on that. So I do get a lot of leads now just because I've been doing this so long. Like my phone's Ah. flooded. I go to the gym for an hour. I come out, there's eight messages, 10 messages, but that slows down. So sometimes I have to do things like you said, calling or whatever it is that we choose to do to generate that. But it's a number game. I probably do convert a little bit higher than the average person. I've done this. This is my 20th year, but nothing. I don't convert at 50% by any means. So I'm just in front of people all the time. And maybe, maybe I didn't meet them. Maybe it's not like 60 appointments, but I messaged, I'm in the car on a road trip. I'm getting ready to take my daughter to Fort Wayne for basketball. I'll be in the car in that three hours where everybody else is listening to the radio and napping and I'll just be texting all these realtors, like what I have to offer this week. Hey, I have the spec, Know anybody for it. Hey, we have a special rate. Hey, can't find anything for somebody. I have a build a community. We can, I just think about like a message I can send. That's not like the last few. Yeah. And then if I send that to 100 people in a three-hour car ride, I at least get conversations going and maybe they didn't, nobody worked out, nobody panned out, but they'll think about me next time when they do have somebody. So I think it's just always trying to be in front of somebody. And when I say 60 leads, 60 appointments, it's not like I'm sitting down at the desk with 60 people showing them houses and running numbers, but 60 opportunities. Like
0: Like you're touching... And so I really want to hit this home for people that are in our industry, whether they're agents, whether they are builder reps, people severely underestimate the amount of work that it actually takes to do anything. Let's be honest, whether it's like your fitness, it's your health, it's your job. They think it's going to be easy looking from the outside and it takes a lot of work, a lot of energy. And when you're doing 60, maybe not like in-person appointments, those are connections and you're doing that as successful as you already are, you're still. Sending out texts or messages or emails, just exactly. trying to get attention. That's what we're trying to do, right? Is get attention. Remind people what
1: you do, and just yeah. always be top of mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, are you? Do you
0: keep a schedule, or are you more like just constantly going? Are you regimented, or do you feel like you just go where the where your energy is needed? I, Tell uh, me.
1: I wish I was regimented. That's like a goal every year that I set. But the way that our business is, it's super hard because people just walk in and they mess up your day, which is a good thing. Yeah. But you have oh this God. whole big plan. I have real goals to be regimented, but it doesn't happen that way because yeah. a sale happens or you get a contract, you get a showing. So I think I just feel it. Like There's some days where I can't breathe and it's just appointment after appointment. And as I know that you have had a really amazing run recently in, in the community. We could probably not sell another house for five months and work full time, just managing your backlog. So sometimes you get a slow day and I'll do that. But then if I get two slower days in a row, that's when it's okay. I got to pick it up. Let's see. Like I'm down to three homes in Grandview Yard. Let me send that out to all my realtor friends or clients that might know somebody. And I know this is odd, but I've stopped doing email blasts and I I don't call as much. I just kind of text because I like to be texted. I know
0: text is. I prefer that. I'm like, don't call me.
1: Yeah, don't call me unless
0: because you. I'll text back somebody even if I'm in an appointment and the buyers are talking and I have a free moment and I see like I can get back to you via text like super quick and easy sometimes. But if it's a call, I have to put you through voicemail, right? Because people or you're you're doing
1: things, yeah, yeah. And I'm interested in learning about how that received to people, but I think in general it works. I'm sure there's some people that don't love it, but I would love to see research on that, but. I know if I'm sitting at my daughter's basketball game, I can reply to you really quickly. But if you call me, I leave the game. It's nine o'clock. I call you back the next day. You're busy. So I've just been like shooting out messages to people and like any blast, it's a copy and paste. I'm just copy and pasting it. But hey, Tara, just wanted to let you know, can't find anything. I have homes that haven't hit the market. Here's a list of what I have. Call me. And then they're just sometimes they don't answer and I don't care. I'm not offended. It's just, I keep going. They tell me not to. So So that's probably it, I think. personality because you're so likable and if somebody comes into your model or a realtor it's working like yeah. they don't like you like they don't enjoy this back and forth yeah They're probably not going to call you they're probably rather call they'd rather call Tara if, if they're calling joy and she's yeah. yeah there's a little see I don't know that might be the secrets off like hard work and then just being genuine like a good person enjoying like at this point all my friends are in the business unfortunately because all I do is work
0: I know when well, they, when you have yeah. other time to go out and meet people. <laughs> never, never. And then they don't want to hear you out that I'm like talking about work all the time when I'm not at work, yeah. but you're just always working. So
1: it's yes. just part of it. And that. they understand that you have to get up from cocktails because somebody's having a crisis because they, their payment is what they thought. Yeah, I, I think that would be it. And I think people come in and they're like, oh, I get to shadow Joy Adkins. She's been a top performer for this long. And then they're like, Oh, she's just on the phone and like sitting there and being regular and what, yeah, that's what it is. It's just hard work. Hard work. Yeah. If, it's like anyone that even gets into fit and they're like, what's the secret? And they're like, there's a secret. Is this hard work? But you just yeah. have to do the work. I got up at 5am, sweated yeah. and I'm eating healthy.
0: Yeah. There's no, yeah. I wish there was a secret pill. There's not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You've been doing this, how many, what year you're in your 20th year?
1: This is my 20th year, but I'm um, going on my... 16 or 17 at MI. I started off as an agent really early and I didn't do very well. I was really young. I was a senior in college. And then I was at a smaller builder, smaller for Columbus, maybe not smaller nationally for two or three years. And I did really well, but we were really limited. It was small product, small, not very many places. And they left the market when it started to turn and went, they left Columbus. And then I came to MI and I was super intimidated because this young girl and there's all these older guys and there's kind of like this no. boy club and yeah. now it's not like that at all. We maybe have three guys and it's all women. Hard, <laughs> hard to keep guys. Yeah, it's all women. But yeah, so it's been about 17 years, I think. It am I 16,
0: 17? That's awesome. That's awesome. If we were talk, if you were, and I know you have new people that come in and you're like, it's just hard work. But mm-hmm. and honestly, I'm trying to get more agents to want to sell new construction because what you yeah. said is absolutely right. We our pipelines are long, right? You mm-hmm. could not sell another house and I could not sell another house. And I think our build time's a little longer than am I because we're customizing
1: a lot, but almost for
0: 12 months, like I would just, I would make the same that I made last year. And,
1: and- you'd be busy keeping everybody in line. Yeah. So yes. it, it takes a lot of um, ambition to yeah. keep going and thinking about what's happening in 18 months. That's what we always have yeah. to think about. I know I'm fine now. I know everything's great, but what's it going to be in 18 months? So I got to... Huh. Keep on bringing these new agents in. And, and I do want to get more agents to be comfortable with new builds. That's hard because they don't, you don't like what you don't know, right? Like you go, you do the same routine at the gym every day. You do the same yeah. route to school or work you're every day. You the same treadmill because you're comfortable yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that's like a thing I've been trying to tell people. You're not comfortable. You don't have all the control. Mm-hmm. Like they, sometimes yeah. different personalities don't like that. They have to give it over to us. Yeah. Some agents don't like it because they don't feel like they're adding value because they don't feel like they're doing everything because we're doing everything. But I keep trying to like, when I'm helping new agents or just not new agents interested in new construction, Yeah, you are adding value because you already vetted Tara at Rockford. And you know, Rockford goes a good house and Tara's a rock star and she's going to take excellent care of your clients. So that's adding value.
0: And it's getting the customer the right house and maybe new construction right. is the right product. So you can't shy away from that. But it also would help their business so much. I know a lot of agents don't like the longer pipeline. Yeah. and I don't know how MI does it. Rockford, we don't prepay any commission. So okay. it's a closing. But I think that if you can get over that little initial pain of feeling like you're not going to have a closing in 60 to 90 days, how nice is it to know that you can have closings for the next 9, 10 months? Yeah. That they're already in your pipeline. It extends it out so far that we don't freak out. I do not freak out if there's a bad quarter. Cause I'm like, we're fine people. If there's two, three bad quarters, then yeah. we can start. What do we need to do? Pivot. But if we go into the slow part of the year, which is around the holidays, I don't panic because that's just part of the cycle. And our pipeline right. is so long that it feels safer.
1: It is. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're always going to have inventory homes that they can jump onto if they want something quicker, but I like to say, hey, get this in contract. Go find us another buyer and I'll work this out. And you yeah. can be working on marketing this and right. keep it going. And there are agents that really do that. There's some agents that sell more houses than some of the reps. Oh. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, what do you? what's your single most successful marketing strategy? And it doesn't have to be a strategy, just this is what joy does. If the market did. Slow down. What would Joy put most of her effort towards to generate business right away? Like, tell, share that. What is that? Realtor, realtor relationships. Realtor. So relationships. I'm getting old. I don't have you're to go, not old. How old are you? 29. <laughs> but
1: I'm 42. So I think when I was 22, I'm still
0: I, got you beat. You're not. If you're old. I'm older. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was spending so much time like going to like realtor meetings and happy hours with agents. And now my life doesn't afford that as much. I have kids and houses and stuff. I still try to go sometimes, but you built, you put those seeds in, you know, you started that garden, you started growing things. I don't even know if I even need to talk to the agents at those meetings because maybe they're not for me or maybe they're not busy agents. I don't know. But I think different ways that we could do it. Like I try to have realtors come to my office, even though I'm really busy and don't need to do this anymore. Because I think it's fun and I want to see fresh agents. and I don't want to keep just the same people in front of me all the time. Yeah. I'll have them come in and we'll have a lunch or a breakfast or whatever. And then they like tour the models and do little videos and are, are doing social media posts and build them up and support them. I know there's a few really good people who do what we do in our market and their passion is like credit repair and this and that mm-hmm. my passion is supporting agents so whether they bring me a deal ever or not i love helping them and just like seeing them come out of their shell and things yeah. like that and then usually in turn you, it repays you whether it's from them or one of their friends or someone in their office
0: so yeah that's your impact giving back and that's mm-hmm. what that's your like your that's your new purpose because you already achieved success at the sales level so you do get bored after a while. Yeah. And that's the new way to keep it exciting. And giving back is fun, which I think that's how, like even this year with the Builder Collective, how I, that's what I love about that. You know, we're not making any money from those events. We're not, right. we're just meeting agents and giving back
1: and trying to provide value
0: because- it, Getting
1: them excited, right? Like and not being nervous. Like I remember being new and being so nervous about everything, don't you? Yeah, you don't know what you're doing.
0: But do we ever know? There's always something new that you don't know what you're doing. So that feeling, you just have to get comfortable feeling uncomfortable like that.
1: Yeah. As we get more and more experience, we're more confident so we can pull it off. And it doesn't have to be a young person. It's just a new person to the industry or a person that's never done a new build. Like I love to just help them see that. And then they feel confident when they come in. Yeah, that's what it is. You want to feel confident. You want to feel like you know what you're talking about. You don't want to be caught off guard.
0: So, what have you heard from agents that are their biggest resistance to selling new construction, or the biggest reason that they don't? I know we've probably listed a couple here, but you know, you talk to so many. What is that thing when you are talking to new agents? They're like, "Oh, I just is it that they don't know, they don't feel comfortable, or they don't want to wait to get paid?" What do you think that you've heard?
1: Wait to get paid with good agents, like they're just here to get the best house for their customers. Yeah. yeah, and I, I don't want to say control freak, but A a realtor is just regimented and they know, okay, I do this. I do that. I set up the closing. I call title. I do the inspection. I do the remedy. For them to have things going on that they're not really involved with and they may or may not know if it's happening, we'll try to tell them. But sometimes the customer goes to the superintendent and sets up a meeting. And then the realtor's like, hey, set that up. What's going on? And I'm like, hey, relax. They just want to go out and do a casual meet and greet. You're welcome to go. Those kind of things I think are off-putting for some personalities. But I think if once they do a few of them, then they chill out. Yeah. I don't think that's it. Like nobody likes to do things they don't know. Like it's uh, the unknown is hard for people. Yeah. That's, that's probably it. Just not understanding and, and not being like, oh, it's in the MLS. Let me call instead of the show. Like yeah. just going out of their regular schedule.
0: Yeah. It's out of their routine. It's out of their normal. Yeah. Because it is harder with the builder. There is no MLS for the builders. You yeah. have to do, there's a few extra steps to get mm-hmm. the information. So it's not the easiest thing. And especially if you're new or you're busy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Figuring that out. And I think even the builders that don't cross sell, which we're grateful that we can, but there are some great builders that don't just having a rep that you have a good connection with, just like you have a good lender and a good title person and a good inspector. Yeah. Like you need to have somebody at each builder. And even if they can help you, they'll be like, Hey, here's what you should do. Yeah, it's such a it's such a good thing to have in your bag of tools. And I think it's such a disservice to clients if agents don't have somebody and they haven't walked the model and figured things out.
0: Yeah. So when you're opening a new neighborhood, what's your game plan for that? If you get moved or there's a new neighborhood opening because you often are promoting neighborhoods that you're not in because that's marketing strategy. Right. So what's your game plan with that?
1: Typically, I have an agent or two that are like more specializing in that area or interested in that area. And I had a really good, a good turnout with a neighborhood Northeast. And she was a mom. She is a mom of in that neighborhood, right? Her kids are her everything. She gets a lot of referrals from other parents. And so she like, I would help her and feed her where she would be posting in the Westerville moms group. Or the Westerville, whatever you want—all those little groups that they have on Uh Facebook—and she would like post about that and get people. And so we would start to talk to them early, yeah, um, before the details were released. But at least we created the situation, the relationship, and we created the back and forth. And hey, you guys are going to know just as soon as every before everyone else will. I think that's good, like empowering realtors to go out and get business because that's what builders want, right? They they great if you represent them, but they want you to refer people. Yeah, so that's been I've been doing that for a few years, just like helping realtors get a little VIP list started. And then I'm the VIP list for like gatekeeper.
0: Yeah. Right? Oh, that's smart. That's really good. Do you help? Do you guys have at your builder any kind of marketing? That's really smart because you're feeding her the information to go out and start promoting. So on, to pivot from that, do you does your builder offer any kind of marketing opportunities
1: for realtors or for agents or? Um, it, not I exactly? Do, yeah. We do We do a, I'm not thinking, I'm forgetting, select agent or some kind of program. If you sell so many homes with us, you're featured on our website and some other things, some marketing things for them. But only if you get to a level of where you sold a certain amount of homes. Okay. And that's pretty cool. I think that is great for your resume. They love being on the website. I, I'm not sure how much business they're getting from it, but it's it's important <laughs> to feel recognized. Yeah. And they can use the little social media cards. We will make them. I don't have it for just realtors walking in the door. But I personally would help, like I've been helping a few agents. I have one that's, we have Highland-Croy neighborhood opening up soon in Dublin. And I have an agent that's very interested in there. So we actually did a home buying seminar nearby. And we, of course, we're talking about all the neighborhoods, but but we had a lot to say about the new neighborhood coming because she felt like her sphere would be interested in that neighborhood mostly. And we'll see, we helped 60 people come and we fed them and we hung out in a really pretty model all evening. And Maybe when it comes down to it, four or five, six of them will buy. It is important to stay in touch because there's not really much to say when you're waiting six months for a community because they don't tell me the details. I, I know, know we don't know until maybe a few before. weeks before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so just staying in touch and saying, I do know it's going to be these kind of floor plans. So why don't we tour the models ahead of time so that you're ready to go when the when the community opens up and but so things like that. Just trying to be creative, think outside the box. Yeah. Okay. So you have to.
0: Get this question a lot because I get it a lot. Whenever you've been in real estate for any length of time, everybody asks, "Hey, I was thinking about getting into real estate." Everyone, every single, thing. and now especially in the market, yeah. every especially when the market's amazing, everyone, Oh, that looks like easy money. Even though, as we said in the beginning, people yeah. severely underestimate the amount of effort and the amount of work that it takes, and. I think that the um, National Association of Realtors last year data was if there's 1.6 million agents, there's 1.3 that have only sold four houses or less. So if you think that getting your license just means like a lottery ticket, that is not the case. But what do you say? Because I'm always interested to hear for all the people that come to you and they're like, hey, I'm thinking about getting my real estate license or, hey, I'm thinking about getting into the business. What's your initial thought and what advice do you give
1: I try to be excited for them because I do have all these, wait a minute, know this. And I don't want to be this like doom cloud, right? But it's funny because we, I probably get for a month of people now that their kids want to be in real estate. So like my daughter's friends, older kids, and they just think this is such a great way to make quick money. And maybe they see that I drive a nice car or who knows what they see. They don't see that I'm like wearing my heels to the game because I ran in from an appointment. I, I worked every week and I work uh, every evening. I think it's important, and this is one thing I didn't have because I was so young, is just to have a nest egg because when you have to sell a home and when you don't have to sell a home, you move differently. I genuinely, if you came into my model and I didn't know you, and we get to know each other. I really want to find the best home for you. And I don't want to feel like I'm financially driven to push you into something that isn't the best fit for you. Yeah. So I think being comfortable financially, having some savings, and then just surrounding yourself by the right people. When I started at MI, I came from this small builder called Portrait Homes, and I was the top dog there. And I was like 25, and I thought I was a baddie, okay? Yeah. I wasn't being anybody's assistant. No way was yeah. I going to be an assistant. No. I struggled. My first two years at MI, I was awful. I was on the bottom of the list. I was like living check to check, barely taking four hundred one k loans to stay afloat. I mean, um, I mean, in the
0: sense, though, when you start in this job, it is a good twelve to eighteen months yes. to get your pipeline full. So it is not an easy job. Where that's where we enjoy the security of the long pipeline now, but those first right. twelve to eighteen months, you have zero pipeline and you have zero closings coming for nine, nine. unless you sell specs. Which you're just lucky if you get us back. You're brand yeah. new. So we put in that suffering in the beginning to reap the
1: rewards now. You work so hard. And every, I came from a builder. So I thought I had these realtors, but they all work with somebody at MI. So I had to yeah. start over. Yeah. And I, I think like it's a lot of stress. And so you're not your best if you're under stress. So I think being like financially secure, have an essay, move in with some family, something so that you're not stressed out trying to make ends meet because I just, I move so much differently now. And I'm just more confident. I feel I'm happy to be at work before you're like, oh, no, what's, where's my next deal coming from? That's never a good vibe. And that's yeah. why we have such a big turnover. Yeah, We really do. Because people can't support their family for 18 months without a paycheck. And it depends on where you get placed. I get placed in the worst neighborhoods most of the time because they know I'll find sales okay. other places. Yeah. yeah. But new people aren't getting the hottest neighborhood. Why would they? I don't think it's for everyone. I think I never want to make it be negative. Oh, but you also want to be real. And yeah. I think I just walked in and started selling houses because I didn't. It took yeah. me a long time.
0: It does take a long And again, a lot of work. And a there's lot work. a lot of people that I found in real estate that do not have a lot of financial discipline. So, what you're talking about, first of all, most people don't have an estate. That's just the facts across the country. Most people yeah. live paycheck to paycheck. And this is a all commission job. So, when we work for a builder, we are 100% commissioned, just like an agent. So whether you go into existing real estate or you work for a builder, now sometimes builders will offer a draw, but that's a draw against future commission. So you're paying that money back. You might, and it's it's a meat little yeah. you're barely gonna be able to cover the rent on that, honestly, after right. so don't think we're getting a paycheck. And it's a draw. So then when you start making money, they're gonna take that money back and you're gonna pay that back. But you really have to have some financial discipline to go into real estate because mm-hmm. it is hard to fill that pipeline up. It takes a long time, it's not quick money. And then the market has cycles. There's cycles like recessionary cycles that we see there maybe every 10, 13, 18 years. And we've seen like you were in the business in 2007 and we stayed in the business during that time. But some people like if you don't have financial discipline, you should not get into real estate because it takes quite bit.
1: Yeah. And I've seen people like be like, so great. And then they have a close a sale and they go and splurge. And then they splurge again when it closes. And you're like, wait, you splurged twice. (laughs) I think you just spent more than the commission you earned. So yeah. yeah, And again, for me, I was very disciplined with finances. I lived well, I still do live well beyond below my means. Yeah. Because I don't want to feel like I have to keep this up. I want to keep it up because I want to keep it up, not because I have to. So yeah, I think that would be the best advice is to just Be ready to work hard for small pay, but if it's the right fit for you, you'll be rewarded greatly.
0: I tell people that too. So many people ask me about getting into this business and I'm like, listen, if you get in and you work hard and you are successful, it is, it's, you've got to be prepared to work almost for nothing and the payout can be huge. And I don't think people even realize how much. You can make. Yeah, they don't. And they don't. They're they're blown away. They they you can't believe it. But that's a small percentage of people. And again, you have to put in the work, mm-hmm. and it's a great career. But let's talk about that. Even like the building community is actually fairly small, isn't it? It is not it This, Yeah. If you think about it. How many reps do you think we have in the whole city? Well, like I'm sixteen saying... production built, like semi production. built. Yeah. some of them are pretty I, small. I'm less than a hundred, right? I mean, I was thinking it was probably 200 because how many... We have 10 at our company. Am I you You have to have 20, how many? Jobs. That's it? 20,
1: 20, yeah, 20, maybe 25, 24, something like that.
0: Okay, so maybe it's 150 or something, if there's yeah. 16 builders. but it's yeah. So if you think that there's 9,500 real estate agents and there's 150 of us, it's, right. a, good, it's a good job. Yeah, but it,
1: are there 95 realtors? I thought there were like 6,000. No,
0: 9,500 oh. last year. Now yeah. we know that there's a big exodus happening because yeah. aren't selling. And when fees come due, you're like, do I want to pay a thousand dollars in fees when I haven't sold anything you, a lot of agents, they say it's 82% are out within the first two years. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And honestly, it should be, it's, it's hard. So like, <laughs> it's a disservice to, unless you're like, it's just fun for you. And it's a friend. I think it's a disservice to people that are just like maybe selling one or two houses that you're not knowing what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Especially in this market, when they don't come to new builds and they have to compete for bidding and appraisals. And that takes a lot of skill and knowledge. It does. They These really agents are, are really strategic. They That's really a love are. for us. Come to us because you don't have to offer over. We don't take over asking. We don't waive appraisal. We don't do any of that. So it should be so much easier for you. It is
0: easier. That's what we have to get the word out, right? Like new construction yeah. is actually easier, especially new agents.
1: Oh, absolutely. You rarely have an appraisal issue. Like no highs, no escalation clauses, like nothing. Nothing. And
0: we'll give you inventory to market if you don't have any. Like, just come through on social media into one of our models and film that or go walk a spec and film that if you don't have listings to promote
1: the new construction. We have lots of them. Yeah. So I, I, they just don't know. But I think it's really hard because well, most people, when they start, they're working a second job, right? I, I mean, was. Yeah, everybody. Like it it was hard to balance, and again, like I came back to, I'm having trouble balancing other things. But you're always trying to balance when you're trying to do your best. Yeah.
0: So tell me about you. Mentioned this in the beginning. Tell me about how you were an agent first. That's exactly my story. And you just, yeah, I got my real estate license in 1999, and it was just, I did not like it. But I also, I don't feel like I was super young, right? I was like 19 years old. I think I was turning 20, and. I just, I worked hard. Like I was cold calling out of the white pages and doing these Tom Ferry trainings and really hustling. But there was a lot of things I personally didn't like about it with my personality. I don't like to be in a different house every day on a different side of town, not really knowing what I'm walking into. Like we're with a builder. I If you do your job, like I know every bit of product, there's nothing you can ask me. And I'm sure you know that. You know, everything. I can't bit you Right. I know every question. I know every answer. You can study it. Existing is harder because you're walking into a house you've maybe never seen. You don't know what the problems are. You don't know anything aside from maybe what's in the MLS. So it's just a different animal. Mm -hmm. For me, it wasn't a right fit, but I want to hear why for you, it wasn't a right fit or why you transferred.
1: We were just so young and nobody's going to trust you with your biggest investment and you're like, look like you're 12. So I got my license my senior year at Ohio State. Like I realized I wanted to be in real estate somehow. And I already started this degree and I'm like, oh crap, my dad's gonna be mad if I don't finish this. So I started going to Honduras my senior year and I got my license and graduated Ohio State at the same time. And so then I went and I had a, I was working at Chase like as a part-time job while I was in college. And there was a lady there that was also a realtor. And she was like out of school. She was an established person. And she said, you should come to Codwell Banker in Dublin. And I'm, why would I come to Dublin? I lived in Groveport. No idea why. But I knew someone. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I'm driving up there, going to these meetings, not understanding really what they're talking about. Yeah. All the open houses and like tartan fields where i would never been because people in my office needed help. And many of my friends were buying houses. One or two did. But like yeah, maybe a family member, but nothing to keep you afloat. Yeah. Like, that's before we had smartphones and not everybody had an email or definitely didn't have it on your phone. Yeah. So, Written out paper listings to people it was just hard. I remember I had some friends from high school who were doing really well or we 22 and they were buying a house and we looked at resale all day. And there were like cats and guns and just wild things happening in these houses where, and then we were in Pickerington and I'm like, I, I had back up. I had sat by a Dominion Homes rep at a realtor meeting and she was so nice. Her name's Tina. She still sells homes. She was great. And so we drive over, we're in Pickerington, we stop in the MI model and the Dominion model. And they were like, wow, because we'd seen this crap all day long. So new is, oh my gosh, it's shiny, yeah. it smells good. Yeah. So then I'm like, let's call Tina. And then Tina um, sells them the house. And I'm just like in awe and so grateful because I was struggling to find them anything. And Thank, thank you people, for selling a house. Thanks for Tina. <laughs> yeah, we were the first sale in Cedar Run. Cedar Run and Blanca, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first one ever. There was like a field I remember standing out there. And I thought it was great, but I was like annoyed that took so long because I needed the money because I was new. And I also thought, wow, Tina's really good at this, but like, this stinks for her. She has to like work every night and weekend. I would never want to do what Tina does.
0: And back then we
1: worked even later. Like when I started,
0: it was one to 8 PM, six days a week, mandatory. We got Fridays off. And it was every week, I've worked every week in my entire adult life, 23 years of working every which again, that is something a lot of people are not willing to sacrifice. And I totally get it because it is a huge sacrifice to your kids. If you have them, family, everybody. But that is what it takes also in real estate. Like people are off of work and they are buying homes
1: on the weekend and you have to do that. Even when I take vacation on the weekend, I'm working. It's just, I'm not in the model because you have to be like, I have to be available whether I'm there or not. I remember being like, oh, this, wow, Tina's, I can't believe she has to work every weekend. People bought the house. They loved it. They lived there for a long time. Great. I'm at a place financially where I am working at the bank part-time to keep my bills paid. I owned a home. And I'm being a realtor part time, making zero dollars a month. Sometimes I'd have a closing. Sometimes I wouldn't. And I'm like, I can't keep this up, but I really don't want to fail. Like I really want to be in real estate. So this is going to make me sound really old. I get in the paper and I'm like looking like at jobs and I see Portrait Homes has an opening in Pickerington Point. And I lived down in the street. Yeah. Point. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, great. I'm, I moved to canal at this point. I built a, I bought it in my home and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call them. I get the job. It's like townhomes, attached, no basement. Like it's regimented. They're paying me a training
0: Probably 99,000 back there, something like that. Like
1: one to 150. They're paying me a training salary. So I think this is great. And then I started selling two or three homes a month and it was wonderful. Back up, my president, Steve, he was so awesome. He was so good at training. He was so inspirational. I think he's retired now. I, I don't know. He said, Joy, you know what? I only hired you because you lived close. And we live in Dublin, and everybody that came to open up MI or come to open up portrait homes came from Chicago, and they all lived in Dublin. And nobody wanted to drive to Pickerington because yeah. like, I didn't think you'd be any good. But we needed the model open, so we hired you. And I'm so glad we did. i like, <laughs> oh, glad this worked out. And I learned a lot. from him. It was small. It, we didn't cross. It was really intimate. Yeah. Then he left, and the market started to decline. That's when I moved over to MI. But that's how the realtor thing started. I am jealous of the freedom that agents have because I know they work evenings and weekends, but if no one's coming in, they can flex and watch the Buckeyes play and we can't. But at at the end of the day, we both have built such a big business that you could never walk away.
0: I know. It's, yeah, it's crazy. I do. I'm always like, oh, yeah, I would, I'll work from home while I'm watching the game. Yeah. we're very retail in a way we're retail, right? So we yeah. have a model and we need to keep that open, which I actually did a post about this recently. And I want to hear your thoughts about this because it's big. I know you're on social media and ads and stuff. I'm sure you see the same ads I see where everyone's open houses don't work. You need to be using digital marketing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I literally sit in a five day a week open house and yeah. I for 23 years and they work Agents should be in open houses. That's what a model home is. We are an open house and people still come out to models. They come to open houses because they do people want to see maybe less
1: less with technology to whoever is arguing your point. But what I say is this, it's hard to be regimented, right? So Mm -hmm. if I'm an agent and I'm starting new and I'm like, Oh, I'm at home. Oh, my cat. Let me see what she needs. Oh, like what's on TV. So the worst case is that if you're at this open house, you're knocking out two hours worth of work or prospecting. So it's never going to be a fail. It's never going to be a fail. You can get work done while you're there. And it's very likely you're going to find somebody that's walking through. Not every day. But I'm also like, hey, promote the open house more than just.
0: Market the open house like a builder markets a model home or when we market something, if I were an agent, I sometimes think about that like daydream. What would I do? And it's, I see, I follow a lot of really successful agents in different markets. And I know every market's a little different, but I would be like running Facebook ads, a, a cheap Facebook ad for my open house because people do a lot of research online. I feel like that's more qualified by the time they get to your model or by the time they get to your open house because They've already seen it somewhere. They, when people come to you, it's never like, we've never heard of MI. We were just driving
1: by, right? They don't yeah, happen to stop. By, no, absolutely not. It, they at it, least Googled us. If not, talk to somebody online or have their agent something. But I agreed with what you were saying. Like, I think some people, they just want fast, though. Like we start back to what we started with. It's hard work. Yeah. You're not going to go to one open house and sell a house. If you do, that's amazing. But you're probably not. Yeah. But you have to do them a few times over and make it part of your week. I've seen, I saw my friend Nikki Denarder did one during the week this week. And oh. I would love to hear from her on how that worked. But at the end of the day, it's never a fail because you're, their clients like are appreciating the time. And oh. you can get work done. You can say, okay, if nobody comes in here, I know I'm going to follow up with my pipeline. I'm going to create this ad. I'm going to do my admin work if I don't have an assistant. That's what we do if no one comes in. Do you have an assistant, Joy? I don't.
0: I don't either. Isn't that so? I so that's crazy. And and do you not have an assistant because Ami doesn't allow them, or you just temporarily without one, or do you like working without one? What's your what's going on?
1: So I had Jessica. She's amazing. (laughs) She's a better salesperson than me, but she never wanted to be one. So she was my assistant for. Maybe eight or ten years, something like that. <laughs> yeah, and she was—we had a great teamwork thing. Like she didn't have to stay late, she didn't have to do the things yeah. that I do. Go to offices. She would follow, cover me if I needed it. But yeah. she did the admin stuff, kept, kept me straight, kept my blueprints. She's in our office now, doing like permits and start. Oh yeah. So ever since she left, I don't have anybody. It's been about maybe five years, yeah. and people are shocked. I don't know that anybody really wants me to have one. They haven't offered it, and I'm not asking because by the time I train somebody. A like, lot of work. It's right? just a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work on my own, but it's probably the same amount of work training someone, especially if they don't stick. But no, I don't know. They're not really offering it up, and I'm not pushing it because I don't really. How long is somebody really going to stay in that role? Not most. Most people aren't as loyal as Jessica, so yeah. they're going to learn and then take off. It's like an agent with a hiring a buyer's agent. It's like you put in all this work, and if they don't stay, it's was wasteful for you. Yeah, it's a revolving door, so to speak.
0: Because yeah. it most it of them want to be in sales. And a lot of the builders if they allow assistance, they want those assistants to transition into sales too. Absolutely. Now I'm with you, but I'm always curious because I don't have one and it is a lot of work. Sometimes I'm like, what the heck? Like I it's cannot wild. How do you get every, I I don't know how I'm supposed to get all of this done and yeah. go out and sell more homes
1: which we have to do and find more buyers.
0: Yeah, yeah. find more buyers, yeah. in the
1: market, do all the things
0: and then take care of your clients because you have to and we service our clients for a long time a year absolutely a long time there with us yeah and, uh yeah man it's, it's like the king of multitasking i feel like new construction
1: without an assistant like it is all the hats. It is. i don't think many most people couldn't do like the volume that you and i do without an assistant but I, i'm proud of it like i'm proud to say that jessica left and i didn't like Okay. <laughs> decline.
0: See, it wasn't just my assistant. I was. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure
1: people thought that because she's amazing at everything she does. So I'm sure people thought that. So I am proud of that. But I miss her, and if she wants to come back, if she, I hope she listens to this and decides to come back. Yes,
0: yes. she, <laughs> she will <won't>. She's now. <laughs> she will i to be respectful of your time. That you like would. Like that, I haven't asked you number one about the business or any anything really that you want to share or advice that you would give to someone, not just builder reps, but I think that we, a, a lot of those are interested, but also agents, like any kind of wisdom or any, which I know we don't like to think of ourselves as having wisdom, but it's amazing the amount of stuff that you know after 20 years, right? And yeah. a lot of people. So anything like that.
1: I think confidence. I think having confidence. And if you don't have it, you have to get it. So go and do the research and put yourself around people that are going to help you create that, build that. I know that when I, I mentioned that I struggled my first couple of years, I actually talked about this with an agent the other day. It was because I was so worried about the small details. So if, if you came in and were like, Oh, does this home have these taxes and this and income tax? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me find out. And I would take a week to research it. So i have the exact. Yeah. Then things changed, and I got moved with a a guy, and he's one of my best friends now, and he's the most confident dude you've ever met in your life. And I took—I didn't take everything from him because I can't pull off what he can pull off by any means. Like he's got all the confidence and all the swag, but I took some of that from him when we partnered. And what I learned is that maybe they didn't care that much about this small detail, and I overthought it because I wanted to be perfect. Yeah. And I was insecure that I wasn't going to be perfect for them, so. Sometimes the answer is so important, they need to answer it to buy. But sometimes I'm like, hey, I don't know, I'll we'll find out. But other than that, is there anything else that you need to, before you move forward? And they're like, no, find out later. We're happy to move forward now. And I would have never done that. And it was such a roadblock for me. It was really confidence.
0: Yeah. Actually, we didn't even touch on this whole call. So I want to really quickly. What most people won't do is you just ask for the close, regardless of not knowing anything. Regardless that most of those questions or complaints are not really objections; they're just reactionary defense responses. They're just, "Hey, what about this?" Or what? You? They're just talking, and, yeah. and it does throw off new salespeople, especially because they think they have to answer every question and every objection before they will ask for the sale. Which most of them still don't even ask for the sale. But you literally just will close now, without so. Do you close, like how important
1: is closing to you? I my I hope my boss never hears this. He's going to be mad because I don't like to, unless it's an inventory home, Yeah, I don't like to close on the first visit. But yeah. I also have an extremely low cancellation rate. Yeah. I think the year before I had 80 sales, the year before last, I had 80 sales and not one cancel. That's like crazy. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. that's like
1: Some managers would be like, you're not risking enough. You're not asking for more. You need to ask for more sales. I am just like, thorough and I'm crossing my teeth and down my eyes and people get cold feet. And I think I manage that part really well. You're in contract. Sorry. You can't just change your mind. Like it's, this is an actual agreement and a commitment, yeah. but yeah. So like, I think I do close, but I think I do small closes. I think yeah. I, I do small closes and I'm not like laying down the hammer on the first time I meet somebody. And I think they appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I had a sale yesterday with an agent that I work with a lot, Chris Reed, and he was like, we have to... They were born in 2000. The clients were born in 2000. Weird. And yeah, I'm like, oh, didn't they just have that? They are first time homebuyers and they're really smart and they have their lives together and they have savings and all this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, close them the first time we meet them. I, I actually did a couple extra meetings. That I just wanted them to feel confident and I didn't want them to be nervous for the next 10 months. Yeah. And so everybody's going to have their own style. Like My friend that I said that's super confident, he could probably close people right away and it would work out.
0: And to your point, a close doesn't have to be like the clo- the hard close at the end. It could be closing for a lot deposit. It could be closing for the next appointment. It could be closing for a pro- uh, price out. It's literally just moving them through that like customer journey, and not just at the end being like, okay, great, call me later. If you, know, I mean, do you ever, I know that you can't sell eighty homes in a year without. Moving customers along in the journey, yeah. so
1: even you must. You, I know you're doing it, and so I, mean, I just the person, the price point. Like maybe yeah. I'm closing on a finance in my financial appointment. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, my higher end buyers, I don't do that because they, they hopefully know. already they have that know. together. Yeah, but closing on. Oh, your husband isn't with you because you're in town. Like, when can we get him? So it's a different kind of close. I I hope people don't feel like I. And this is coming back to. What you think my advice was, you move differently when you need to sell a house and you don't need to sell a house. I'm not pushing anybody because I really don't want to work for free. If I spend all this day with you and write contracts and then you back out because I pushed you too hard, I would rather not do that. And some people would. We all have our own style.
0: That's totally me. It's so true too. Even if you're an agent or bill rep and you need the money, you need to pretend like you don't need the money and you need to lean out because if they, if people know you need the sale, it, you do. You put off a totally different vibe. Yeah. It feels dirty, right? It doesn't feel, uh, yeah. it doesn't feel warm and fuzzy, desperate. And, and it feels less trustworthy. And I think clients just in our own lives, I can sniff out really quickly if someone's being honest and authentic and transparent with me. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you need something so bad, because you're that hungry, sometimes like you'll do anything, but if you just lean out people and you don't, and they know I don't really need the sale. They're more likely to be like, Oh, what we want to buy. So I think that is, it it is a, it's a totally different vibe you give off and And
1: that's you're building a business too, because if they feel that way about you, that you like push them in the right way and that you didn't force them into anything, then they're going to buy their second home from you, or they're going to bring your parents, their parents over when they're in town. And that's really how you're building a business. It's not about one transaction. It's about relationship. And to me, my one transaction, like the buyer in front of me, yeah, but their realtor being happy is a top priority to me.
0: You're gonna,
1: that's how you're gonna elevate, I believe.
0: Yeah, you're gonna do
1: business over and over. So, over and over.
0: So, where can everyone find you, Joy? So, Joy's with MI, but she doesn't like I to mean, just say one neighborhood because she sells
1: everywhere. I <laughs> sell everywhere, and I'm actually in between a couple of neighborhoods right now, anyways. And I've been taking some personal time this month, so I've been all over the place on my days off, just yeah, meeting. on Instagram sold with joy. That's the best place to find me. And then, if somebody wants to come out to a model, we'll schedule it and I'll meet you out there anytime. And I'll put all your info in the
0: details yes. for the podcast, okay. but I just want to thank you. I know you're super busy. You're getting ready to go out of town. So I've been excited to talk to you. I'm going to get this uploaded. I know that a lot of people are going to be interested to hear what Joy's secrets are. Secrets secrets are hard work. All right, thank Joy. Well, you, thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye.